0: I'm going to read a few verses tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, let us turn together to Mark chapter 6, and I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 1. Jesus is uh, he's going into Nazareth. He went out from thence and came into his own country, Nazareth, and his disciples follow him. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled. It must take something to get the God of the universe to marvel. But he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Just a few more uh, scriptures. And I'll let you be seated in Luke chapter 6. A couple more scriptures. Luke chapter 6 and verse 17. Jesus is in a different place. It says, He came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch Him. For there went virtue out of Him and healed them all. I'm going to preach for a few minutes tonight to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. Let's lift our hands and our voices one more time. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the freedom and liberty and the joy and the Holy Ghost that I feel in this house tonight. I know that you're stirring and that you're working and that you're here with us tonight. Lord, but as I preach your word, I pray that you would anoint me, Lord, and just flow through me tonight. I'm your vessel and your servant. I pray that we'd be changed, God, that my words and my preaching would be with a demonstration Lord, with power and with a demonstration of Your Spirit. Lord, heal in this place tonight. I release healing in this place tonight in the name of Jesus. Right now, I curse fear and doubt and intimidation and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our faith and expectation begin to rise right now in the name of Jesus. You are our healer. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, can you clap your hands one more time and shout unto God before you're seated tonight? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated tonight to hear and to be healed. I I knew that the Lord had lay this on my heart. I, I was listening to some preaching and the preacher was talking about <clears throat> Nazareth and and then he he talked about Jesus going to Capernaum in a different place and and I thought, do we want to be a Nazareth church or a Capernaum church? And let me walk you back through that nazareth account he goes into his own country where he's from goes into nazareth and immediately they start saying where is who is he where is he getting this stuff from and they start to say isn't this the carpenter isn't this the son of mary that that's already that was in a condescending uh tone because in that culture even uh, it's likely at this time that Joseph uh, Jesus's earthly father had passed but even after someone's father had passed in that in that culture they would still they still normally would have called him the son of Joseph and so to to be condescending toward him they they, they even say isn't this the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph, Judas, mean, aren't his sisters right here? And they're like, this is just little Jesus from Nazareth. And Jesus tells them, a prophet is not without honor, except, I guess, in his own country. And among his own kin. And in his own house. Jesus was rejected in his own house. He was there ready to save and, and heal and deliver and, and, and do works among these people in His own house and was rejected. It said He could do no mighty work there. And like I said earlier, that He marveled because of their unbelief. That's what it took to make the God of the universe scratch His head in disbelief and just amazement and, and just marvel because of their unbelief. I feel like if we could if we could view that and take a look inside his mind, that he's thinking, I am I'm, I'm I'm the Christ. I'm your savior that's been promised and prophesied. I'm I'm here ready not just to teach but to demonstrate. I'm here ready to heal. I have your answer. I have what you need. But I'm amazed because even knowing who I am, you're rejecting me. In his own house, rejected. And he could do no mighty work there. But then back in in Luke 6, when he's in this plane, it says that, this multitude of people followed Him. It says that they came to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. I know that, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I know that Acts 2.38 had not been preached yet. I know that Jesus was still here in the flesh. He had not ascended. Peter wasn't preaching on the day of Pentecost yet. There wasn't people being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost yet. I understand that. But there were, there were people that they were following him because of what he was saying. They were astonished. In one place it said they were astonished at his doctrine. And they were, they were amazed at what He was saying. But you look through these Scriptures and look, just about anywhere that Jesus was forgiven sins, He was healing. And it lists the specific purpose for which these people, this multitude of people followed Him. said they came to hear Him and to be healed. Of their diseases. We have got hearing down. And, so, and there are people that come into church. And they come in. They sit and they cross their arms and say. Let me hear my weekly sermon. But they don't come with any expectation to be healed. They come sick in their body. And and they don't leave the pew. I've come to hear, but I haven't come to be healed. They don't expect anything else except let me come and hear my weekly sermon. Some people come in and say, let me hear my weekly sermon so I can go home and show how to not uh, obey it. But this multitude of people sought to touch him, it says. The multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. So you have Nazareth where Jesus could do no mighty work. But then you've got a multitude of people. And it says they were all healed. Every one of them. All means all. If it didn't mean all, it would have said, except this guy and this guy. But it said that virtue went out of him and healed them all. I want to tell you, church, that there is something that happens if a people can be united. I know, I know I'm, I'm going with the word, but if, if, if a people can be united and in one mind, and seek to touch him. See, we come where we know that he is. We come to church because we know it's the Lord's house, but we just come sometimes to hear. But if a multitude of people can come to where they know Jesus is at, and all be united and seek to touch him, come on somebody. If a people can come and say, I've not just come to hear, but I've come, we've come together to touch him, the whole multitude. I wonder if every person in this room tonight can make up their mind, I've come to touch him because healing virtue is flowing. We could leave this place saying they were all healed. All of them, all of them that were vexed with unclean spirits healed. All of them that had diseases healed because they were united in a mindset to touch him. I'm just going to preach tonight. This is, not, this is not Wednesday night teaching. I've come to preach and tell somebody that I've come to hear but I've come to be healed. Now let me take you to Luke chapter 4 where Jesus went to Capernaum. In verse 31 it says He came down to Capernaum. This was after Nazareth. And Jesus goes a little bit down the road to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at His doctrine, for His Word was with power. I'm thankful we can hear the Word With power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. And cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Isn't it funny that this devil calls him Jesus of Nazareth? This this unclean spirit knew that Jesus was from Nazareth. But he expected him to do something. His own kin knew he was from Nazareth and said, because of that, we don't expect him to do anything. I wonder sometimes if, if if a devil can have more faith than I can have. Well, Jesus rebuked him saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirit, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's, wife, uh, or Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. Again, he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and ministered unto them. We, we, go to, we go to Tylenol a lot of times before we go to the king. She just had a fever. It didn't even say she was fixing a die or nothing. She had a fever. And Jesus it said he rebuked the fever, and it left. That's too small a thing. We don't bother God with fevers. Well, then after that, now the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases besought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them all. And devils also came out of many, crying out, saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak. For they knew that he was the Christ. Again, I have to to wonder, uh, do the devils know something that we don't? Do they have more expectation than I do in the power of God? Come on, somebody. Immediately, they're begging for mercy because they know what Jesus can do. But we come into church and don't expect anything to happen except we're going to hear singing. We're going to hear preaching. We're going to have altar call. We're going to go eat. God help us not to become sermon junkies. God help us not to become sermon junkies. Yes, we need preaching. Yes, we need to hear the anointed word of the Lord from the man of God. Yes, we need preaching. I'm not at all saying that we don't need preaching. But I didn't just come to hear. Is, any, is this resonating with anybody? I didn't just come to hear. I wonder if one service, one Wednesday night, somebody could make up in their mind, you know what, I, I come to hear every Wednesday, but I think tonight I've come to hear and I've come to be healed. Why should I leave sick? Why should I leave with disease? Why should I leave with this issue and this problem when the healer was in my midst? Why in the world would I come and hear that I can be healed but not let him heal me? Mm. Well, what about when God didn't heal before? Before? There's a lot I can say about this. Number one, that God is infinite in wisdom. He knows what He's doing. He has a reason for doing everything that He does, everything that He allows to happen. I heard Brother Arnold pull this out one time in Isaiah 57, the first verse. It said, The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth at the heart, and merciful men are taken away but no one considers that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. I find comfort in that from situations in the past that we don't know what God's plan was. We don't know what God spared His precious saint from. Next verse says, He shall enter into peace. And I could, I could preach for a while on this, but I'm not going to. But let me say that when, when the Lord has not answered the prayer the way we wanted to before, that doesn't make Him not a healer. It doesn't make Him not a healer. Because I have seen I have seen cancer leave. I have seen tumors leave. I have seen spines straighten out. I have seen migraines vanish. I have seen eyesight restored. I have seen people with epilepsy be restored and healed. I've seen it. And just because God and in His infinite wisdom, does something uh, that, that, you know, opposite of what we're praying sometimes, that doesn't mean that God's not a healer. I still know him as my healer. I still believe that by his stripes we are healed. God, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. I believe that God has a plan and I find comfort in that. But I'm still going to pray for healing because he's a healer. I'm still going to pray for restoration because he's a restorer. I'm still going to pray for peace because he's my prince of peace. I believe that God is a healer, and I wish somebody did tonight. I wish somebody in this house believed it with me. I know it's Wednesday, but you need to wake up on this Wednesday night and hear what the word of the Lord is saying, that God is a healer. This is part of who we are. This is part of the gospel of the kingdom. If, if miracles and healing is not happening, we might as well close the doors and shut down shop because we're not an apostolic church. If we don't believe for miracles and signs and wonders, God is a miracle worker. Well, maybe somebody will believe it before I get done. Maybe somebody will be convinced and persuaded that God's a healer before I get done tonight. We need to start believing for healing and miracles and signs and wonders to be done in our midst. The church or the world has enough churches today that come together and play patty cake for Jesus and they hear an inspirational uh, message from, from a pastor in skinny jeans and, they, and they, they shed some tears and everything looks good, but nothing's really happening. I want to come with a demonstration of power in the Holy Ghost. If that's the kind of church somebody wants to go to, that's fine. Go ahead. But I want to come somewhere where I know I've got an issue, but I believe God's going to fix it today. I'm going into the house of the Lord to touch him. Not just to sing about him. Not just to hear about it. I've come to touch the hem of his garment. We need more people to get desperate in the house of the Lord instead of sitting on the pew like God's never done anything. We need more people like that woman with the issue of blood that will press through the crowd, press through the mud and the spit, and, and press through just so I can touch. If I can just touch the hem of his coat, I will be made whole. Where has that kind of faith gone? Where has that kind of belief gone? That. We don't bring people to church to pray for healing anymore because we don't believe healing will happen. We don't bring people to church for miracles anymore because we don't believe miracles will happen. We've let too much life happen to us. We let 2020 get to us. We let, come on, don't tell me things aren't different after that year. We need to believe again that God is a miracle worker. I don't care if I prayed for 20 years. I'm going to come to the altar again and pray that God will restore my body, restore my mind, take away this disease, take away this cancer, take away diabetes, restore my muscles, my bones, whatever it is. And you can call me crazy, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you tonight. I'm sorry if I'm too loud for you on a Wednesday night. But I'm preaching with passion. It's like fire shut up in my bones tonight. I believe and am persuaded that God is a healer and a miracle worker. We need to stop being afraid in church to let God do something, to step out in faith. We don't step out of the boat onto the water anymore like we used to. We don't lay hands on the sick anymore like we used to. We need to start believing again. I don't care. I don't care what we've experienced or what's happened. I still know God as my healer. I still know God as a restorer. By his stripes, we are healed. I believe our doctrine. I believe Acts 238 is God's plan of salvation and entrance into the kingdom. I, I know that it is. Is 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 there plain as day right there, you, you can't deny it. That is the way to be saved. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is entrance into the kingdom. But what did I preach a few weeks back? That's entrance to the kingdom. That's entrance into the kingdom. But once we're in the kingdom, I've got the keys of the kingdom. And I can unlock the door to healing. I can unlock the door to wellness. I can unlock the door to peace. I can unlock the door. Now I'm in the kingdom. And the Lord said, all that stuff, peace and and and, and healing and, and and casting out devils, and that that's He said, that's the kingdom. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven we're directly disobeying the very way that He told us to pray when we don't pray with expectation that God is a healer. Because if I want it to be done like it is in heaven, in me, in earth, well, I just believe that if, if, if sickness can't reign in heaven, it can't reign in me. If disease Can't have any authority in heaven. It has no authority in me. I know the healer. I have too much scripture. I have too many promises. I have too much word that says, I am your healer. I am he that healeth thee Uh, by his stripes. We are healed. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm sorry, I got too wild for y'all tonight. I also know that while Jesus was on this earth, in the flesh, that he was preaching the gospel. Gospel doesn't mean Acts 2.38. Gospel means good news. And it says in in Matthew 4. In Matthew 4 and 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This was before Acts 2.38. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. They brought unto him sick people. They brought unto him sick people because they knew if I bring them to Jesus, they'll be healed. Why do we make this so complicated? We've watched too much sci-fi, too much Star Wars, too much Harry Potter, too much, too much magic, too much whatever. And, 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 and this is a fairy tale now to us. It's not a fairy tale to me. I know that I can bring my sickness to the Lord. God will do anything you want Him to do, but I, I really feel, I really feel a, a push in the Holy Ghost for physical healing in this place tonight, for miracles to be done in this place tonight. And so I'm just going to preach until I feel like you got it. I'm telling you, they brought the sick people. That were taken with diverse diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those which were uh, lunatic. And those that had palsy. And he healed them. There's no reading between the lines. There's no extra step that we missed. It says they were sick. They were possessed with devils, they had palsy, they were crippled, they were dealing with all this stuff. They brought them to Jesus and He healed them. And where's where's the disconnect for us, church? I'm not trying this. I love my church. This is a great church. I'm not trying to beat us up, but I'm trying to, to help revive something in us. Because the miraculous demonstration. Healing and miracles and signs and wonders, that is part of the gospel. That it is not the Lord's will for me to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and suffer through life, never expecting God to heal me or touch me or deliver me. It's not the will of the Lord. And I'm, I'm a, I have to be careful here. Because I, I know, I know that, that sometimes we say, well, if, you know, if it's just God's will for me to live with this sickness, that's, that's fine. And I'll still serve the Lord and live for Him anyway. Okay, great. There shouldn't be anything that causes you... If God doesn't answer a prayer, if that's a thorn in your side and He says, my grace is sufficient. Okay, great. Still serve the Lord. But unless God tells me, unless God wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, hey, just so you know, stop praying for healing. You're good. You'll be healed in heaven. Then every chance that I get to come to the feet of Jesus, I am going to pray, God, you are the healer of all my diseases. Heal me and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. Unless God tells me, hey, stop praying for healing. I'm going to believe that God is a healer. I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings tonight. I'm trying to resurrect a, a, a persuasion in us. He is my healer. He is my healer. In Mark, so there you go, Jesus teaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he... and, and that gospel of the kingdom comes with healing. Healing all manner of sickness and disease. Look with me at, at Mark chapter 6. Verse 12, Jesus had sent out the apostles. He's telling them to go preach and teach and, and do all this stuff. In and, and verse 12 it says, they went out and they preached that men should repent. Right there, we're like, what? Yes! Repent! That's what we're preaching. Repent! Repent! And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Ooh. I don't know about that. It's 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 hilarious. That we believe I can be baptized in Jesus' name and the blood of Jesus is applied to my life and all my sins are washed away. And then I can pray and receive the Spirit of God and speak in an unknown tongue because that's what the Bible says is the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. I can believe for that. And I can shout about that. But I get intimidated as soon as it comes to I'm the healer of all your diseases. By His stripes, we are healed. That's where I get intimidated. That's where I start saying, well, this is wine, 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 wine," that I I can't be healed. It's quiet. Some of y'all are mad at me. But it says that they preached that men should repent. Repent. And they accompanied that with casting out devils, anointing with oil many that were sick, and healing them. In Mark 16, before the Lord is getting ready to ascend, He's going away so He can send His spirits in the Holy Ghost. And uh, I'll start in verse 14. It said, Afterward He appeared unto the eleven, disciples as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen upbraided means to find fault in to scold jesus let them have it he scolded them i don't want to be scolded by jesus And I feel like that if I had told them, hey, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to raise again in three days. If I had told them that and then I appeared to them and they didn't believe, I feel like that I would be upset too. But he had to deal, he had to get on to them because of their hardness of heart and their unbelief. And then he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. He had to deal with their unbelief first. First thing, he said, You've got unbelief. You've got doubt. I'm here in your midst and you're doubting. He had, before he told them, before he gave them the great commission that we shout about, he said, I've got to deal with your unbelief. And after. After he scolded them and, and whooped them and put them into place, then he said, Now I want you to go and preach the gospel in all the world to every creature. I want you to baptize them because he that, is, that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And then he said, And these signs, my goodness, what, he said, To be baptized, you need to believe. He that believeth and is baptized. Okay, so I believe that I need to be baptized. Well, then he said, also, another thing about them that believe, not just that they should be baptized, but these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Down in verse 20 it says, and they went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. That's the combination of to hear and to be healed. They went out and they preached, did what the Lord said, said he went with them, he worked through them, confirming the word that they heard with signs following. This might be uh, obvious, but the word it it does the there's a lot of people that have read the bible probably more times than 90% of us have that do not believe even in god. They just know it because because they they want to pick it apart and there's a lot of people that know Scripture. It, there are people that believe in God and are and, 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 what you might call a Bible thumper that do not believe Him for healing and miracles and signs and wonders. They believe the Word, but they do not believe that it will be confirmed with signs following i like that he closed with amen. Let it be. I think that was a prophetic amen. Let it be in the church as this commission goes forth, as this gospel is preached, as we do these things, as we start this thing up. Amen. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be that the Lord would go with us confirming the word with signs following Musicians can come, just give me a couple more minutes here. If you're a first time visitor, this is not me all the time. I'm sorry if I've offended you. We we like you know why people like going to conferences and special services? Because, generally, you know that the people that are there are going to be there with an expectation for something. I know there are some people that are, are, you know, what you might call conference junkies, and they go to take pictures and whatever, but but generally, someone that, that has no expectation is not, is not going to go to special services. They're not going to go to conferences. They're not going to go anything on an off day or off night. You, you, People that don't have expectation, you can barely get them to come to regular service. People that come to special services and revival and conferences, they come because of that atmosphere where there are people from all over the place that are there because they want to be there. Because they expect to hear a word. But they expect something to happen. That's why we love that conference atmosphere. That's why a lot of times at stuff like that, you see more miracles. You see more healing take place. You see more miraculous things happen is because there's an expectation. The Lord laid this on my heart earlier today and said you need to work as a church so that every service, every service has that atmosphere. Where everybody in the place is united in their mindset that I'm going to hear a word from God and I'm going to see God work in our midst Where every person is in the same mindset. Stand with me tonight. Every person is in the same mindset that I can can lay hands on somebody and watch God work in their life. Every person is of the same mindset that I know God is going to do something. I hope you're not mad at me, church. Again, I'm not trying to beat us up. But we... We're bad about letting Wednesdays just be filler. We're bad about just saying, ah, it's, it's Monday night prayers. I'll be there Sunday. We're, we're bad about doing that. We're bad, even the, the, the best of us are bad about thinking, okay, you know, we've already got it in our minds how things are going to go before the doors are even unlocked. And we're fine with that. But what if, and this, I'm praying tonight that God would revive this in us, what if a multitude of people that came together on Mondays and Wednesdays, Friday nights, Sundays, what if a, group, a multitude of people that came together came in And they were all in one mindset to touch him. Because I know that healing virtue is flowing out of him. I'm going to hear a word from God and I'm going to be healed. Because I see him and I know him as my healer. As my restorer. As my prince of peace. As my strong tower. Church, this is, you know, we're we're fasting and praying for a specific purpose. We're we're fasting for for spiritual growth. Yeah, I want numerical growth. I want more people in the kingdom. I want more people in the church. But we're, we're, you know, so yeah, we want that, but but we're 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 fasting and we're praying for spiritual growth so that God can make us mold us into the people he wants us to be. I have to tell you plainly tonight church that Acts 2.38 our doctrine that's apostolic but without an expectation of the miraculous we're not apostolic can dress apostolic sound apostolic, look apostolic But if I don't expect God to move. If I don't expect Him to answer when I pray. If I don't expect that when I lay my hands on the sick, something's going to happen. It's not apostolic. Because that's part of the gospel of the kingdom. And if I've, if I've heard anyone's feelings tonight, I, I want your first prayer to be that God will help you to forgive me because it's not my intention to be ugly or rude. But church, I, I want to see miracles and signs and wonders. I don't want to just hear. I want a demonstration. And I, I have seen tumors fall off of people. I have seen spines straighten out. I, I, have, I have seen, I, I remember p- praying with, with a, a, a child who would have epileptic seizures. I remember praying with him overseas and God healed him. He doesn't have seizures anymore. He's in the church that we were in in South Africa. I, I've, I've seen God do I've seen God take my, migraines away from people. I've seen God heal eyesight. I've seen, I've seen God do it. You can't tell me that he doesn't do it. But Lord, help thou our unbelief. Jesus, 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 and so I'm not I'm not going to put any pressure on you. But I am inviting everyone that will to come to these altars and pray tonight. But if you need a healing in your body. Are there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Be anointed with oil. Lay hands on them. It's biblical, church. When you come to these altars tonight, maybe you're fine. Maybe you're in perfect health. You need God to do something in your life. But I'm talking specifically to someone tonight who needs a healing in their body. I don't care how big or how small. Just, Just one more time. Could you say, God, here I am one more time and I believe that you're a healer. God, I know that I've prayed for a long time, but I believe that you're a healer. Is there anyone bold enough tonight that you would lay hands? Not wait on me or pastor to lay hands, but you would lay hands on someone. Would a husband lay a hand on their wife? Would a wife lay a hand on their husband? Would a friend lay their hand on a friend and pray in the name of Jesus?